0: good morning good afternoon or good evening wherever you may be across the nation or around the world once again you are listening to the vmware communities roundtable podcast this is podcast number 673 my name is eric Nilsson, and with me today uh corey romero will be my co-host he's joining us at 12 30. today is wednesday december 13th 2023 got a good show for you today we're going to be talking about vmware cloud foundation 5.0 unlocking the scalability and efficient efficiency with Garish Mamakar. I'll let him uh, tell me how you say his last name as always. Uh, but before we get to um, Garish, let's talk a little bit about what's happening uh, at slash VMware slash Broadcom. So uh, it is a beautiful sunny day here in California. We've got some warm weather happening. It's like nice in the 70s. Uh, the sun in Silicon Valley is out. I think we're getting a little bit of late winter. So I'm excited about that we're all back on campus i'm super excited about that i'm in the podcast studio if you watch us over on um youtube.com slash vbarbecue you'll see that uh, i'm back in the podcast studio and we're all on campus and in fact even though we are doing this um through video camera uh garish is actually down in creekside uh creekside as well so one of these days we'll get everybody back in the podcast room doing it live so excited to be back on campus excited to um see everybody again i have seen a lot of people uh, in palo alto and you know uh, in the home office and the place is buzzing which i got to say, is such a different feel from what it has been over the last two years. I feel like we've all been freed as well because we were under this banner of, oh, do we have jobs? Do we know what's going to happen? Broadcom's taking over. And now we're here. A lot of people are here. A lot of people, you know, unfortunately aren't here, but a lot of people are. And the energy is just back on campus, which I got to say is a lot of fun. I like what's happening with the products. We'll talk about Cloud Foundation here today. There's a lot of buzz around cloud foundation Uh, and then there's a lot of buzz about events scheduled next year that's coming up and we're starting to have uh, team meetings Corey's over having a team meeting with the events team we're going to be talking about explore and what's happening with explore and the three different geos so we're excited about that uh coming into the beginning of the year where we you know kick off um, january where we get ready for all the things that are happening product announcements explore commitments Everything is buzzing, and um, I'm actually excited that the cloud of not being owned by somebody has has just drifted away, and the sun has come out. And I I think the color of the bay is kind of turquoise blue, at least virtually in my mind. It's turquoise blue. It's obviously a dark green because it is winter in in California. But what I feel coming into the Broadcom times now is that uh, that that you know, we're back in the game. There's a lot of buzz going on. And I think we've always been in the game, but there's always just been this cloud uh, of what does the deal mean? You know, what does community mean? I spent all last week with VMUG uh, in Tennessee. Uh, we're planning up for for next year. VMUG did a, had a nice year. We hit all our budget targets. So VMUG is in much better shape. Thanks to everyone out there that bought your VMUG Advantage. The VMUG Advantage is like two hundred dollars that goes to the community, right? That helps fund VMUG. You know, if I was talking about power systems, right? And uh, you know, my brother works at Siemens, uh, worrying about power on the grid. And there is a base load. The concept of a base load, where you're always putting power up on the grid to run hospitals and run all the stuff. Most of you know what base load power is. And for us, VMUG Advantage, for all those people that bought VMUG Advantage this year, it ends up being the VMUG base load. It is the way that 50% of the VMUG budget gets funded, right? By you guys doing your home labs, getting the discounts, at Explore, uh getting all your licenses, um, all from just a, a you know $185 purchase a year. Um, they have auto renewal now. So if you're a, a good community member, you can just sign up for that, it'll auto-renew. And really, that is baseload. That's nearly 50% of the whole budget. And instead of needing to go get so many sponsors to have to run things in the at the user cons and at community members. Now, because Advantage is doing well, and a lot of you have gotten into the mode of re- renewing your Advantage licenses for the year and spending that $185, it really does allow community to seep back in to not only the user cons, but actually the uh, the local chapter meetings. And we're actually working on a way to give chapter meetings money for, through part of the budget that, the, that we collect. So I can see that happening next year. So I feel like... Community is stronger than ever with regard to VMUG, all the activities that we're doing. Broadcom loves community as well. We're seeing a lot of community integration. I think we'll see some of the the um, semantec stuff and the CA stuff kind of roll in. Uh, so a lot of, a lot of moving parts now where I'm really excited about. So that's kind of the the news update. Stay tuned for announcements on what we're doing next year for all the events. Stay tuned for code announcements. we got the Slack channels back up and running. We're happy about that. Uh, we're, we're, The blogger program looks good. We're teaching some of the new marketing people that have moved into the corporate marketing function uh, about how we do things and why there's so much energy behind the community, which all these people from Broadcom are pretty exciting people as well. So all in all, uh, good people. I really like all of them, Um, and there's just a lot of momentum and a a lot of excitement around the products. And what a better way to introduce um, Grish on the on the community podcast because VMware Cloud Foundation has 5.0 out and I believe that VMware Cloud Foundation is going to be the way we go to market going forward in a lot of ways. So I'm excited about that as well. So, so Garish, welcome to the podcast, welcome to the show. We always start, introduce yourself, tell me how you say your last name, <coughs> uh, and then uh, what your title is, and you know what's your career arc look like? Um, tell the community who you are and uh, how you got here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, again, as I said, uh, my name is called as Girish Man Mad Kerr. So I have nine characters in my last name. I split them into three. Becomes easy. Man Mad kur oh, Uh nice. Man Mad Got it. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Right. easy to pronounce, right? Right. Uh, well, I think, uh, you know, this is my 17th year uh, with uh, VMware by Broadcom. I started. Uh, to really represent uh, technical account manager program. So if you are a TAM technical account manager out there, uh, I was hired to represent that TAM program in the in the Palo Alto headquarter uh, way back in two thousand seven. Uh, I was lucky to really, you know, uh, work with a lot of global customers and my accounts, and essentially drive uh, various aspects of uh, back then vSphere and vCenter server and SRM. Uh, and also kind of bringing in a lot of you as a customer's requirements in front of my product management team members and drive new features capabilities in the ESXi back then. And, you know, I've done that for about three, four years, and then uh, uh, everyone within VMware started talking about we should really virtualize all the applications on vSphere. And guess what? Next door back then was SAP. It's still there, Right. So Paul Meritz, our CEO back then was saying, we should virtualize SAP, our next door good partner. Sure. And I had done a lot of work in my previous life on SAP uh, at the infrastructure level, at the data center level, at the SAP basis level, right? So I kind of you know, looked at, and then I kind of you know, <clears throat> explored an opportunity within VMware into a consulting. So I became consulting architect uh, if you Google my name, you will find some old blogs, video blogs, talking about uh, business critical applications. Uh, one of the focus has been always SAP, Oracle ERP. Back then, it used to be PeopleSoft, Siebel, and you name a database that I have worked on. So I think I wanted to leverage my experience. And guess what? VMware has been really, really nice environment. They say, okay, let us form a business critical application practice and i was leading that practice about 15 people globally and we were driving adoption of uh, our technology on these applications so went to a few of the customers with SAP, and customers said you know what if you virtualize and meet me uh, my performance requirements you can essentially virtualize everything into a data center so that was really a good way of really setting the limit experience all together and drive more adoption of uh, vSphere back then into a data center. So done that for about, you know, until we came up with a term called as software-defined data center SDDC that everyone is now aware of, right? After acquisition of Nisera, coming up with the vSAN, so everything becomes software-defined data center. So in that whole frame of, SDDC, BCA business critical applications kind of became a small portion but critical portion in any given data center. So automatically I rolled into the practice kind of you know driving large multi-year multi uh, uh, you know work stream projects as an enterprise architect still part of PSO. And then uh, essentially uh, while working with customers uh, customers said, hey actually you know what we don't know. If you have architected it correctly because of your knowledge or we have architected it with our knowledge, is everything all right? And that's where VMware Validated Design kind of popped up in the market as a documented guidance to make sure that SDDC is well architected. Again, customer said, uh, you know, it still takes me about two and a half weeks to deploy everything in the stack. It's just a configuration that you have to go through Uh, Then they said, why don't you automate it? And that's where VCF was born. And I was lucky enough to provide back then DR solution to the engineering team for VCF. And then they said, why don't you help us out on launching a few of the customers and providers on VCF? I said, okay, I'll do it. And uh, that's how I got into the BU and started working as an engineering architect. Uh, focusing solely on vcf along with vvd team Uh, part of that was basically not only doing uh, what customers are looking for seeking their feedback making sure that you know we bring that into the engineering and product management and fine-tune the vcf when we started vcf was controlling top of the rack switches and had more controlled prescription but that didn't work well globally through my experience going globally in regions like APJ, EMEA, I was able to capture the feedback that we need some more relaxing the prescription. And basically, uh, leadership took a decision to relax, move away from uh, you know prescription that we don't own. For example, top of the rack switches, we don't own them, so why should we prescribe them? So we kind of you know, focused on what we then call as a BYO and bring your own networking. And we, we just focus on software stack. And that's how basically VCF 3.0 onwards changes were done. And now where we are, we are 5.1. A lot of good days have been taken place. And we'll talk more about it. So that's my overall journey from last two and a half years. I've been fortunate to lead and drive new, new solutions. To, definitely powered by VCF. Work with a lot of providers. Uh, and you will hear them as I speak and talk about it what else that you can do with VCF. With the Broadcom taking over, I think we have more opportunity to scale our business uh, because we are going from 1,800 SKUs to just one single SKU of VCF. We want to bring more and more simplicity, not only yeah. from the product perspective, but also from the consumption perspective. You as a cons- customer, you as a provider, how easy that you want to transact and get the software going in,
0: in your yeah. data center. So let me uh, back up a bit a bit and just comment a little bit about your career arc because the first thing I found, uh, which was, was was great to hear, is that I think me and you have been here the same number of years because I believe I started in uh, 2007 as well. Might have been the edge of 2006. Do you remember, did you get to go to VMworld and do you remember where you went your very first VMworld?
1: Absolutely. I think... Uh, I joined in October of 2007. And I was supposed to be in India for my family function. My manager said, you just join, you go, but make sure that you are back in town in San Francisco. That was my first real world in 2008 of, I think it was All January. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. We did have them in January for a year or two. I remember that. Uh, So I must have started a year earlier, or maybe, yeah, I think a year earlier, because in 2006, we had it in LA, right? And Mm so uh, it was my first week joining in 2006. And I ended up. They said, "Hey, go down to VMWorld. You got to check this out." And it was in LA, and they shared hotel rooms. So we did a shared hotel room thing. So, but me and you started very, very similar years, 2006, 2007. Uh, it was, uh, it was a really fun time. I remember when we were doing our app certifications, like you said, like get SAP certified. Because in the early days, the only thing we really certified is storage, right? EMC storage was the was the one thing we certified, and everybody else, everybody else had to just deal with making apps run, right? And then I remember when we said, okay, now let's get in and let's certify the apps as well. So cool, cool stories and cool hearing you talk about your journey back in those days. Uh, And I remember also we we built the... uh, I don't remember it was like a store where you could come in and get bundled uh, VMDKs that had the apps configured in them as well. So we did a lot of crazy stuff back in the old days, uh, which was fun to kind of penetrate the market because not everybody believed that you could actually run a workload on top of virtualized environment. Right? It was Mm -hmm. was a foreign thing. So I remember that getting those certs was and, and the hardware certification guide along with the application certs on top of it was like really important. Yeah,
1: yeah. In fact, uh, SAP HANA was a new thing in the market, and again, I was fortunate to be the first and only one VMware employee as an SAP certified going with and working with SAP in the field actually. So yeah, a lot of certification, a lot of uh, work, a lot of fine-tuning, a lot of feedback, a lot of improvements at the vSphere level, vCenter server level, uh, helping product improve and making sure that we are able to showcase customers that, hey, you can run your business critical application or applications on this platform without any issues.
0: Right, right. So getting now back to the current day and VMware Cloud Foundation, I do find it really kind of interesting that, you know, we if you look at our journey around products, we did kind of go crazy, right, in the number of, Different SKUs that we've had, and the number of products that we've kind of folded in, and business units that we had, and you know, we had this VSAN business unit with a VSAN marketing team, and you uh, know, like then it kind of folded. Like if you look at the history of us trying to figure out how to name products and how to bundle products, it's been all over the map, right? Um, yeah. And it has been then historically legacy-wise, kind of confusing for customers because you know, then you got some customers that you know have to kind of figure out what to buy. And I look at VMware Cloud Foundation is kind of like when Apple just decided to bundle everything on their OS. Now, you know, like pretty soon, they just collapse it all, and it's just all on your iPhone. It's all there. You don't yeah. really. It's just because you know, and 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 you know, you know, and as as storage has doubled and tripled, you know, the fact that you've got this stuff available to you, whether you use it or not, it's all integrated, and I don't have to try to figure out how to grab the next piece, purchase the next piece. It's just like cloud foundation it's all there so what you know so for the newbie that hasn't really used cloud foundation i, th- I think it's basically vsphere NSX, um, and vsan all bundled together are there other things there that then we could talk about before we get into what 5.0 has to offer this yeah, new maybe yeah.
1: yeah yeah absolutely i think that's a good way to you know start at the base uh, essentially as you said it's a solution. It is not just a bundling of multiple products from a SKU perspective, from transaction perspective. right? So it is a product, uh, a set of products consuming storage. You need it. Hypervisor, you need it. Networking, you definitely need it. So it's a combination of these three core products. And vCenter server, of course, is required to manage and maintain all your infrastructure. So it is uh, well-architected, design automated in terms of building your management stack. For anything that you do in virtualized world, you got to have a control plane. So what we say that to deploy my ESXi, deploy my vSAN cluster, deploy my NSX, I need to have a process. I need to make sure that everything is defined correctly. Everything is designed correctly. Everything is defined properly. So we have a process, what we call, and if you're familiar with VCF, we call that process as a bring up process. So I am bringing up my management stack, what we call it as a management domain, uh, based on vSAN as a mandatory storage, as a primary storage. It takes about, you know, after you you finish all the requirements, do all the checks and balances, it takes about uh, uh, an hour and a half, uh, depending on the the host and this and the storage that you have at your disposal but it's fairly straightforward forward unattended process that you will see it completing to finish bring up process
0: nice nice yeah um that makes a lot of sense uh, the onboarding this the bringing up um i've I've heard people say that you know like they were in the process of considering it um and then I hear that they're do- they're doing it it seems like it's like a step up where you have to kind of make a, a commitment to go VCF, right? Like that there's a, you know, when you're first using vSphere, you're kind of, it's just an easy thing to do. You're using vCenter. Then as you choose to go VMware Cloud Foundation, you really are diving into the whole stack where you're going to probably use NSX. You you might not use vSAN, but you're going to, you know, start heading down that direction. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like uh, you guys are making penetration in the market for getting people up to speed, like our, our A plus customers and then the, the second tier customers to start understanding how to just buy into the 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 fabric and then does the cloud migrate or the the cloud connection also help that because if you have some cloud and you're putting um vcf out in the cloud then you have multi-cloud does that help also where are we on the journey from a customer perspective of choosing to go VMware cloud foundation
1: Absolutely. I think that's really good. good uh, way to move into the next topic that I had in my mind is uh, uh, a lot of customers, right? I think that we have seen, I have seen, and probably you have seen as well, that they really say that it's all about time to market. How quickly I can get my things up in my data center, hand of the keys to my business to run the business and start making money, right? That's a mantra. Where is the easy button? Your easy button is called Foundation. Can you do it manually? Yes, you can do it manually, but we don't know how much time it's going to take you. Do you have those expertise? Do you have those SMEs? And, and, and how can you maintain and manage it? Bringing up a stack with the right design is a, just one part of it, which is minuscule. You can have Ansible. You can write Python scripts, whatever you want and you can deploy the products. Based on the best practices, no-brainer, you can do it. But the beauty of cloud foundation, number one, is providing you an ability to perform various day two operations You talk about this stack, right? Brings a complexity, but the automation that we are delivering makes it more easy and simple. Right? Next thing, if you have to connect, or if you want to have a hybrid cloud model for whatever reason, could be some services that you want to acquire from, uh, you know, GCP or AVS or even from early cloud, all these providers, all these hyperscalers, even IBM cloud, has in, in, recently relaunched VCF as a service also. So there is no change from your operations point of view, whether you go to all these, cloud endpoints, it is based off of VCF core architecture, core SDDC architecture. So consuming those services through this uh, VMware Cloud Foundation on-prem as well as onto those cloud endpoints is the same thing. So you don't need to worry about training your team members just because you want to consume some services from a public cloud service provider. Right, And I'll talk more about what are the goodies that it has on the day two perspective. But these are the key initiatives and also a lot of solutions. If you look at it, you as an enterprise customer, you are not talking about a product to your businesses. You are talking about a service that you are delivering it to your business. So essentially, you as an enterprise IT shop, are a cloud provider to your business, right? right. And we right. have a very large, strong cloud provider. We call them as a cloud service provider, a cloud solutions provider, CSPs. A vast footprint across the globe gives you more of the services locally. Take an example, you are in Europe or you are in APJ. Due to the Cloud Act, Everyone is focusing and putting their lens on sovereign cloud. This gives you an ability to also deliver various sovereign cloud type of services in an on-prem or maybe a provider which is local to your uh, data sovereignty that you can keep, data locality that you can keep.
0: Yeah, that's impressive in that if you have local providers um, and you want to keep your data in-country, you know, standardizing on VCF just gets you that because many of the providers, yeah, to your point, are have VCF and so you can connect those and decide how much consumption you want to use of cloud providers versus how much do you want to be a cloud provider yourself on-prem, right? So, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah.
1: So let me do a double click uh, on a day to operations, right? Uh, typically, day to operations that you would perform are typically like patching, upgrade, Upgrades could be vSphere specific, vSAN specific, NSX specific. You go with the ARIA product switch on top of it, ARIA operations, ARIA automation or you may have a VMware cloud director if you are a CSP which brings a multi tenancy to you. That gives you a real complexity about, oh, you know what? How do I do it? Which one goes first? What is my sequence? Do I Got it right, or do I need to go to the compatibility list and check which version that I'm running, which build I'm running? Is that compatible to the stack that I'm running on top of vSphere? All those questions, all that preparation work takes time. You will have your team members really running this thing into your lab environment, in your non-production environment, and then basically bring it to the production. So I have seen a customer, large financial customer in the US, they have one team doing upgrades continuously because their environment is so big, the team is just rolling out upgrades one by one. And there is a team will look at the newer products that have been released by VMware and the other third-party ecosystem like Backup, Right, and so on and so forth, type of monitoring if they have something else. So, they have to make sure that all the bells and whistles on top of this platform are tested, validated, and then handed off to the operations. That has gone now. You don't need to worry about it. Definitely, uh, we would recommend you to do a testing, but a part that we own, software stack that we own, we are making sure that we have a clarity, understanding of those dependencies of each and every product, and then we ship you a bundle, right? So when you perform a bring up, bring up will also deploy an automation engine called as SDDC manager. So once Cloud Builder performs bring up, I don't need Cloud Builder, as manager will own everything as a VCF and say, okay, I'm aware of how it is deployed how many hosts you have, how many workload domains you have, and so on and so forth. So that interface will give you an indication if it is connected to the depo.vmware.com for an upgrade or a patch. You click on it. You want to download now. You can download now. And then after that, you can say you want to upgrade the environment. So that bundle, bundle may be comprises of patches or upgrades of vSphere plus vSAN, plus maybe, you know, NSX or just NSX. We do all the testing validation and then we ship your bundle, which means that when you download, you can schedule it. You can say, hey, you know what? I would like to run this upgrade because a rolling upgrade, your workloads are not impacted, right? So you can schedule it, And then essentially don't need to worry about babysitting that process.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Makes sense. And also, if you're considering your IT footprint is competing against the cloud uh, on-prem, right, making it easy, making it manageable, making it so that you as an IT guy doesn't don't have to spend as much time uh, up front doing all that testing so that your on-prem delivery <laughs> of services, you know, can be, you know, economically more efficient than even moving workloads to the cloud, right? That in fact, there will be workloads that always stay on prem. And the fact that VCF makes it simpler, quicker, easier means that you're spending less time on it. It's just more efficient, right? And efficiencies are the name of the game, I would assume, especially when you're competing against cloud, Mm -hmm. right? And, And trying to determine where workloads need to go. Having an efficient VCF Makes sense. Just totally. I get it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, the next thing about this, you know, when I'm performing an upgrade and I have multiple clusters, until 5.0, we were serial. So you do management domain first and then do workload domain one, cluster one, then two and three and four. We were sequential. Okay. Now, we are in 5.0 or 5.1 onwards, more parallel. What does it mean? That I have three workload domains. Each workload domain has three three clusters. Can I go parallel? Absolutely. You can go parallel saying that, hey, in this particular workload domain, this cluster I want to upgrade, not other two. But the second workload domain, I have three clusters I want to upgrade at the same time that parallelism of add a host, remove a host, upgrade cluster, upgrade workload domain, all those things can go parallel. Was
0: That's, that demanded Was that demanded by customers? Did, did the customers really want yeah. to paralyze the process uh, by cluster? Like, is that uh, yeah. something they want to do? Yeah,
1: it was also large customers as well as the large providers running VMware Cloud Foundation and delivering dedicated private cloud or shared cloud model services, they wanted to see how can they go parallel. So if you are a CSP and thinking of, hey, I want to go VCF, what are the advantages? This is advantage number four or five, which is key. Performing upgrade parallel, performing various day two operations parallel brings you more efficiency in the environment so you don't need to worry about you know customer a is performing upgrade today so i have to perform upgrade for customer b now you can go parallel or oh, you want to add some more in the inventory because my agency manager is currently performing an upgrade i have to wait no you can do it parallel you can commission decommission host parallel so that's a nice value prop for a provider as well that hey you can have minimum VCF instances in your environment, but you can have multiple customers that you can consume this infrastructure and data operations, you don't need to really worry about it.
0: Nice. When we talk VMware Cloud Foundation 5.0, so we definitely have parallelization of upgrade. Uh, are, are there other things that make the, the interesting list for with regard to the release?
1: Absolutely. Uh, what we say that when I'm creating a workload domain, uh, it will join the same single sign-on domain, SSO domain of a vCenter server, typically vSphere.local or customer.whatever, right, which was created as a part of the process. So my workload domain did not have an ability to define its own SSO domain. With 5.0 onwards, uh, we have an ability to really create an isolated workload domain, right? What does it do? I think it's 5.1. What does it do? I'm creating a workload domain for a customer A. So I can say that creating a workload domain, do you want to join the existing workload domain of management? or you want to create a new SSL domain. So at that time, I will say customer local, or customer B.local, and it will create me a separate SSL domain for my customer one, two, three, four, five, like that, right? That gives me clarity and multi-tenancy out of the box that my workloads are running with a separate SSO domains nice right? yeah right 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 also when we are doing this we are breaking enhanced link mode feature that was used in the past enhanced link mode had its own uh, maximums number of vcenter server that it can support now since we are breaking elm we can go up to 25 workload domains and up to 1000 host per vcf per instance total.
0: How many did you say? So a 1,000 VCF instances, but how many? 1,000 hosts hosts per VCF instance. Right, right. 1,000 hosts. How many VCF instances? 25?
1: Uh, You can have 25 workload domains. Okay. Supporting (laughs) overall aggregated 1,000 hosts with one VCF instance. That's a very good scalability that any large customer or provider can think of to scale. It was right. not scalable earlier. Now we can scale.
0: Awesome. Nice. Nice. So how long we we you, you mentioned 5.1, how long has 5.0 been out?
1: Uh, 5.0 was released, I think, uh, about six months ago. I don't have the exact dates, but yeah, typically the <clears throat> The cadence is we will ship major release every six months rather than three months, and that this is going to be across all the products so that we have that engineering cohesiveness when we right. are shipping VCF 5.1 or 5.2 with more
0: features in it. And everything lines up, tested, delivered, uh, very clean. Exactly. when. How do people get educated and how do they make the choice to move to VCF, right? Like what's the typical journey for an IT administrator who, you know, is considering VMware Cloud Foundation? Do you do HOLs? Do you do you have your SE come uh, give you a presentation? What are the best ways to start getting your feet wet here?
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, talk to your account team, get your SEs in touch and SE should be able to demo it or otherwise bring in the right... Uh, PU resources to really demonstrate, do a POC. There are a lot of collateral available, hands-on labs available. If you go uh, onto our uh, website, you will see it a lot. And uh, it's a self-help. You can learn it by yourself. There is also a toolkit available that you can download, which has a way to do a nested ESXi for a home lab. So if you have one large ESXi host, you can do an NSX uh, nested and deploy, uh, you know, one or two workload domains just to get the understanding of how it
0: really works. You know, nice, nice. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Good, good to hear that. Um, Licensing-wise, you know, everybody talks about price and will they price me out of the out of the space? Um, I know you're actually getting VCF, which contains obviously vSphere, NSX, and and storage whether you're using that or not. Um, I'm assuming that you're you're paying for all three. How do we license that? Is it, you know, buy, what is it, what is it by? What's the typical licensing model?
1: So I think moving forward, it is very clear it's gonna be single scale VCF and we will be, you know, selling it at per core. Again, we are moving into the subscription based model. If you are a provider, a cloud service provider, you are already in that model, but your structure will will, will move into the per core base pricing. Uh, I would not want to comment more than what I no, just said.
0: Yeah, just per core. Yeah. That's what I thought. After your
1: account team, they will get you more details on uh, what else that is required for your business to run. But yeah, we are moving into the core-based model with some minimum commitment for number of years
0: now i i can't i can't have this podcast with at least asking you know um, where do you sit with regards to broadcom as broadcom impacting vcf and uh, are you all rolled into now a business division why don't we tell, talk a little bit about like uh, vmware cloud foundation going forward in the broadcom ecosystem
1: yeah i think uh... Uh, We are uh, now a part of VCF division. Uh, So there are, what, uh, four divisions that were announced. One is Tanzu, one is uh, Edge, uh, and we are VCF division. And, you know, this. Yeah, so
0: Tanzu, Edge, and Security, and VCF, right? So VCF is the name of the division that has everything underneath it, right? So...
1: Exactly. So we have, uh, of course, You know, vSphere used to be a core hypervisor team, as well as vCenter, vSAN, VCF team, as well as ARIA products brought into it, NSX platform brought into it. So it's all one large team as a VCF division, becomes more easier to collaborate and have more cohesive engineering cadence. And left-hand knows what right-hand is doing and right-hand knows what left-hand is doing under one big umbrella. So it's all good.
0: Yeah, I think it's fantastic because it also is one VP that's running the division that you know ultimately has to take responsibility for you know how all this interplays, how all how of it goes to market, that it is easy, that it does save time on day two operations, right? That that in fact there is a single point of of somebody who cares, right? And exactly. um, and yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like that idea. And then Everybody's come together. Did they actually move everybody into one big building yet? And we're gonna name the building like the VCF building or something like that. I like. I feel like we've done that for corporate marketing. I'm wondering if you guys have started to align yourselves with uh, with everybody, you know, to to work together.
1: I think uh, that may happen as well. Sure, I think you know, uh, there is a value being on site, on campus, on a lot of way you collaborate with your colleagues you have those hallway conversations and you know on a zoom or something you have a limited amount of time so i think it's all good so as and when we see more and more people uh, back to the campus you will see some some people being you know uh, teams being consolidated in some some buildings for sure right
0: yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that that helps just because hallway conversations across the the three products right now they they will start we'll solve some of those integration issues right we'll solve those because everybody's in the same space and it's all one division now.
1: Yeah, and I think one more key thing, which is a big buzz in the market, uh, we also announced it. Uh, VMware were exploring the US as well as in Barcelona last month. It's all about private AI or generative AI. So we used to have a team under office of CTO called X-Labs, now also rolled into the VCF team. Right. Ah, so, I wondered
0: where some of those people went. I, I didn't yeah. know. I know that the office CTO is, yeah, I don't even know if they even exist anymore. There's like a handful of people now. Not It was 400 some. Now I think it's you know, less than whatever. I don't even know the number, but I know that you know it. it a lot of this stuff happened. And I'm glad you brought that up because we actually host the flings now on the community platform. So communities.vmware.com has okay. a fling tab on it. And all the flings have been published by Adam I don't know how to say his last name, Adam and William Lamb also got together and published all the flings there. So it's cool that some of that CTO functionality is now moved under the VCF division as well.
1: So just to add on under that AI buzz, right? So right. Uh, VMware Foundation or VMware Private AI Foundation is powered by VCF, Right. So if sure. you are embarking and thinking of VCF, and if you are also hearing your customer, customer could be your own business folks, or maybe if you're a provider, you want to build AI as a service, the platform is based and powered by VCF. So definitely, right. yeah. you must have heard about, uh, you know, uh, what work that we are doing with uh, NVIDIA, right. private AI space. Uh, we announced with... Uh, Intel and IBM on Watson X, right? So that's a part of my current role to do the innovation of new things. And that's how I was working with X-Labs team and their CTO as well. They all are part of same division, becomes more easier. It becomes more like you know part of the big family to drive these innovations with the providers. So that's right. the key thing. For your AI, ML ops and your AI journey, VCF is step number zero or step number one. So definitely I would strongly recommend start looking into VCF now, then later.
0: Yeah, I was uh, at Explore Europe, and they had a booth, and they had the AIML reference stack there, right? And uh, and the guy was like, "Well, it's basically VCF there, and then some secret sauce that were that that you know, obviously the uh, Nvidia has their core library for building LLMs. I guess I don't know the I'm I'm <laughs> out on the edge of what I understand about this, but it's a there is libraries that support their their ML language that we support, but VCF is kind of the, the main foundation and i have heard that that's like a lot of big enterprises are coming back saying hey you know we want to bring workloads we want to place those work workloads on prem vcf is the way to do it and it is you know it is talking about our history of the company. I've heard comments like, hey, we see more enterprise interest now in on-prem VCF or of on-prem our stack local because of AML, AI ML workloads, you know, being targeted on-prem versus completely on the cloud. And maybe they have a mix of that, but uh, it is it is uh, going to be an important market for VMware and for our IT practitioners who need to learn how to run AI ML workloads Efficiently and securely, right? So yeah, yeah. that's it. That's cool.
1: Can I share my screen for a minute to show? Um, Well, we're
0: we're we're on a podcast, so you really got to describe it because even though we're live streaming over on uh, YouTube, uh, the three or four thousand people that download us per week are doing it on iTunes and Google Play, and they're just listening on their commute. Sure, sure. So So I
1: think what I can say, uh, I'll just put in the chat uh, if you see it. That's good. But go to the blogs.veva. Uh, and search for cloud provider blogs. I have recently released a blog on what you can achieve with VMware Private AI with IBM Watson X, and also I have included a demo there as well. So if you see that, if you have any questions, reach out to me. But we are getting more and more uh, into the other as well. You will hear about uh, NVIDIA Nemo with VCF and Intel with VCF, and a few others will pop up. So we want to give you as a customer, you as a provider, an ability to pick and choose a choice of yours from these typical vendors where uh, the choice is yours. We are just delivering these various solutions to you one after another.
0: Yeah, and so to, to check out the blog article, which again, we always invite guests that have great blog articles. Now, this is part of the how we find our guests. If, you, if you've got a, a trending blog article, we'll find you on uh, Talk walker, and then we'll invite you on the podcast. But if you want to be on the podcast, you can also just send Julia or myself mail uh, to get on the podcast. We'd love to talk to the community. His blog uh, or the blog Garish is talking about is blogs.vamro.com cloud pro- slash cloud provider slash two zero two three. So twenty twenty three oh seven slash oh seven slash. And then the title is unlocking scalability and efficiency vmware cloud foundation 5.0 for vmware cloud service provider.html you'll go google that but go to the uh cloud provider blog blogs.vmware.com cloud provider and you can look for that great blog that was has been trending uh, i published it on the v barbecue comments uh for this podcast so you can go there and click on it or you can just rewind and listen to what we said again and go find that blog garish are you the author of that blog
1: absolutely yes i'm the author yes. i have I can All go right, as deep so, as yeah. you want, and uh, if right. you need something, no, let me
0: know. No, no problem. But also you can go just to blogs.vamber.com yeah. and go into search mm-hmm. and search for Grish, G-I-R-I-S-H, and his blog article will come up mm-hmm. in the list of blog articles. That's another great way to find it. So uh,
1: To make it easier to remember that. my name, what I say, you know how to spell Irish? Put G before that. That's my name.
0: Oh, Irish with a G in front of it. Grish. Yep. Grish. yep. Perfect. Um. Last uh, 10 minutes of the show, because we've been streaming for 47 minutes, um, and we like to always ask our guests, like, what excites you uh, coming up in 2024 uh, that you think is going to be interesting? You've talked about AI ML workloads. For me, that would be probably the, the thing that would excite me. But I uh, was just wondering, you know, what excites you or share with the community what, uh, you know, got any good books or any kind of good tech that you think you're going to enjoy mm-hmm. coming into next year?
1: I think uh, you mentioned about the books, uh, which has been on my radar for last uh, more than seventeen years. I did initially contribute to uh, VMware Cloud Director uh, book, uh, version ah, number two or three. Right. Uh, I did not. I, I was not an author, but I was one of the contributor and reviewer of it. Uh, coming next year, I think you will see some reference architectures coming out, focusing on AI ML with this solution that we talked about. And we'll go deep and wide. Also, part of our role now is all about building various solutions. So we want to make sure that we have a way to provide prescribed solutions to all the communities, all customers. Could be an enterprise customer, could be a cloud provider. It's a solution. For example, uh, load balancer as a service. What do I do? How do I do it? all the details right you will get to work with a few of my peers to go dip and bring that service to alive and deliver it to your business if you want to talk about sap as a service the vcf as a service right all those services are being talked about we are working with it we want to make sure that we also expand ourselves working with all these technology partners like sap and so on and so forth to really develop, deliver this uh, solutions that you can consume easily and quickly, right? We want to eliminate complexity from your perspective. It's all about time to market, and we will, we will try our best to provide you this solution. May not be 100% to your requirement, but even if it is 80%, even if it is 60%, you are saving that much time to bring that service offerings to your customers, you know.
0: Right. Yep. Right. So a book is in the works, right, uh, or some some documentation. Well, we're gonna yep. watch out for that. The yep. other thing that I would say is we're gonna have to get you out to some Vmug user cons and have you have you do a presentation there, right, and do some talks out on Vmug because I think you've got some good points, and I'm gonna have to have you come back on and talk about the AI ML you know, platform, we'll do a deep dive into what that looks like. What's coming from NVIDIA? What are you working on? What are we working on? You know, when you can talk about it, right? Like, because yeah. I think, you know, we've, we we talk about the reference architecture being the VCF, but I think there's a lot of other stuff that's going to that kind of come out next year. So that should be fun, right?
1: Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Uh, last thing on the show we like to talk about is um, obviously you blog. Do you log, do you blog on the cloud provider? Where where do you blog?
1: Yeah, so cl- that's where uh, you know we normally blog uh, under cloud provider or CSP, the blogs that we have.
0: All right, um, good. Did you do a uh, talk at VMware or VMware Explorer last year? Did you were there? Were there talks on this?
1: yeah so i think uh uh i did in barcelona few of the talks uh at v brown bag uh session okay actually All you right. may find it All on right. youtube and yeah. also uh tech exchange that was another ibm conference uh, which was an internal conference but i was invited as a guest speaker so we did uh, talk about it as well what we were working on and also us uh, explore event i was speaker as well so i was presenting
0: so yep All right, great. So you can go to check that out and look for the live streams online to see see his talks there. Are you on Twitter? Or X, I should call it now.
1: I am on Twitter, but I'm not that active on Twitter.
0: You're not that active. What is your Twitter handle anyway? Go look Uh, it up while I'm talking, you know, because I know you don't have it right with you, but uh, maybe it's at Gmanmadka. No,
1: Uh, it is... uh, uh, I think you can search for real hybrid cloud.
0: All right, there you go. Real hybrid cloud. That's gonna be you, or you'll find Garish. G with an Irish in front of it, awesome. We always like to get the community away to connect so like you know follow more people get connected with the, the people that are doing stuff and doing the talks give them their feedback right you know and, uh, mm-hmm. talk to them go go co- I don't think we allow comments on the cloud provider blog so you really can't do that so the best way to give them your feedback is to uh, is to show up in front of his house and have a banner that says I saw I listened to you on this podcast and I listened all the way to the end right so that mm-hmm. that's my mm-hmm. advice at the end of the podcast we usually shout out shout out to your Twitter handle and where you can get blogs and then we ask you you know because we stream on vBarbecue, so uh, youtube.com/ vbarbecue you can go check a look, take a look at uh, podcast uh, unlocking scalability and efficiency. Uh, it's there question for you. What kind of barbecue do you like to do? I think you're on campus here, so you must live in Northern California. And if you do, do you ever get outside and barbecue? And if so, what do you like to barbecue?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you bring on any type of vegetables and, you know, typical Indian uh, uh, food items that typically are cooked really well, but barbecue is another flavor. And definitely, charcoal barbecue is thing that you have different taste, different smell. We all love right. it. So, me and my family and my friends, we do it uh, more often than you can think of. Being in Northern California.
0: Yeah, I know that. Uh, generally, when we we're doing our podcast, we got. Uh, uh tony on the call he's not here today but uh, normally he loves to barbecue the vegetables right he 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 you know every time he talks about a barbecue he's doing asparagus or he's doing cabbage or he's doing weird stuff right sometimes he just does crazy off the off the cuff stuff of things that you don't realize you can barbecue so um vegetables is your thing charcoal kingsford or other charcoal is the way you you like to go um, I'm a big Kingsford charcoal fan myself, right? Cause mm-hmm. you get that mm-hmm. nice smoky flavor and, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So you are in the Bay area, then I take it. Where, where do you hail from?
1: Oh yeah. Uh, I'm in the Bay area, uh, very, very close to Palo Alto on the East Bay. So nice. I nice. the bridge. So yeah, very, very close. Like I think, you know, commuting to is not an issue and I love to be on the campus being within the community with the people. And of course, I think you know I'm up for your VMA offer. You just let me know. Right.
0: So the big question is: Have you had lunch yet?
1: No, I think I'll I'll, I'll go now.
0: <laughs> yeah, where do you eat? Do you hill, eat at the hilltop, or do you do the one down hilltop. at the hilltop? Hilltop. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna walk over to hilltop. So if you're around, come you know, look me up. Absolutely. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna walk over there in five minutes and get myself some lunch. And mm-hmm. uh, thanks for the barbecue report. Thanks for spending an hour of your day with us talking about BCF foundation 5.0 5.1 mm-hmm. great to have you working as hard as you do making it happen and uh we'll have you back to talk about ai and ml thanks a lot man
1: uh-huh thank you
0: Recording paused
1: okay should i just leave sign out
0: Plus.